Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Chuck Liddell makes his Talk is Jericho debut today. The UFC Hall of Famer and former light heavyweight champ is talking about some of his biggest fights and opponents, including Tito Ortiz and his two legendary bouts with Randy Couture. Chuck tells great stories about cutting weight back in the day in his plastic suits, how he started in MMA in the first place, and the advantage he had the first time he stepped into the octagon. Chuck also talks about his relationship with Dana White, filming Ultimate Fighter, and competing on Dancing with the Stars. I know what that's all like. Plus, Chuck's got a brand new podcast of his own. It's called Icebreakers. He hosts it with comedian Adam Ray. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch it on YouTube. New episodes out every single Monday. All right, Chuck Liddell is here on Talk is Jericho, starting now. The good news about the pandemic and the lockdown is there's all this technology so that we can still talk and chat, but there's so many of them. It's hard to figure out which one is which sometimes. And Chuck Liddell, we just had to figure it out uh, ourselves. Yeah, okay. my my computer crashed. I'm waiting on because all this pandemic. I'm waiting on a video card. Like, right. So, and so I'm waiting on that. We're waiting to get one of those to fit, finish put my new computer together. So I'm using my kid's iPad. <laughs> uh, but it worked out, and we're here. Uh, uh, and it's we've never, we've never actually met face to face before, which is strange. But uh, it's cool to have you here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to be on, man. So uh, you have a new podcast coming out, uh, Icebreakers, just to get right into it. And what made you decide to jump into the uh, world of podcasting? You know, uh, people have talked to me about it for a long time. And, you know, it's a way to talk to people and talk to fans. And, uh, you know, I really hadn't, you know, done anything about it. Always. I never really kind of understood the podcast thing, what, how you do it, what you what to do or right. when to do it. You know, I just, I've been on a lot of podcasts, never really got around, got into the um, actual uh, making of them. So when, when they came to me with it, with the idea of doing it, I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, I'll try it out. I'll check it out and see how it goes. And uh, it's been fun. We're doing, got, got, got started and we're going to, uh, I think we'll start putting them out pretty soon. Are you pretty much uh, dealing with UFC stuff or just kind of guy stuff? Just guy stuff and, and just whatever whatever topics we kind of go kind of flow through different things and we'll cover some UFC stuff obviously I mean I'm I'm always gonna mm-hmm. you know not to mention a lot of, a lot of my stories or anything that comes up during the during the conversation now you know, a lot of it have to do with the uh, mixed martial arts or UFC because I've you know, it's been my life for the last you know thirty years. Well, it's interesting just kind of kind of to jump into it. it. We're talking about lockdown and all that sort of thing, but one of the kind of the first events that we're having in the States is, is UFC in Jacksonville, which is where I work out of. And, you know, they sold 15,000 tickets in five minutes or whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, but how do you feel a- about that? Well, I'm excited to have it back to being kind of back to being kind of normal, you know, being, I think it would have been really weird to fight that fight that way. I mean, it was a little strange. even fighting uh, in Japan when you go and walk out you know, and you walk out, it's right. You know, kind of going crazy, but then when the fight starts, it's like you can you can talk to your corner, just regular volume conversation with your corner. Yeah, okay. What do you want me to do now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You go. You know, not like normal where it's so loud. You know. 
Well, they're very, they're watching in Japan. They're very attentive because the same when you wrestle there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, they, they would, you know, they're a very educated fan base too. Cause you guy pass a guard. And, Ooh. Yes. You know, that's another big, you know, big, you get some big moves. Ooh. <laughs> right. You know, but they're, they're paying attention. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really kind of cool, but kind of, but kind of weird. First time, you know, first time you do it, it's kind of a little different. The first time you do it, yeah, it's like this is really like, do I suck? Like no one's making any noise whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> who did who did you fight in Japan? How many times did you fight there? I fought a few times out there. Uh, Guy Metzger, Al Shoverim, uh Rampage, and you had big crowds. Oh yeah, I think eighteen thousand was the biggest one I fought fought at over there. But they they've had a lot bigger crowds over there. But that's the biggest one I fought in front of. Well, Japan was kind of one of the the initial kind of early days of, of MMA fighting. Kind of started in Japan in a lot of ways, didn't it? Yeah, a lot, they had a lot of. Well, they, they had a lot of. Uh, they had a, you know, the two big organizations were Pride and UFC. You know, so you had the two big for a long time during my especially during my career was you know who's the, who's the real champion, the UFC champ or the Pride champ? Right. Yeah, you know, there's always that that kind of thing going back and forth for a long time the rivalry right yeah it's interesting because you know you had such a storied legendary career in ufc but it's changed so much since when you first started because when you first started it was almost kind of um like an outlaw type of a of a, of a sport yeah it was on like it actually i think i was the last my first fight in ufc was the last one on cable pay-per-view and then it kind of moved to like i still had pay-per-view but it didn't have like the, the broad pay-per-views you know, I kind of got away from that for a little while before they, before the Fertitas bought it, and and then the Fertitas brought it back. You know, who was the first owner when you started? SEG was the company. I forget, I forget the guy's name. So, so kind of how how did you hear about this? Because when did you start? In like ninety five or, or? ninety eight? Ninety eight was my first fight. Ninety eight. Yeah, and really, I got into it. I kind of kind of fell into it. Really, I, I was fight. Um, I was kickboxing, competing, mm-hmm. trying to. I finished up school, but I didn't want to get a real job, so kickboxing sounded good. So I was doing that for a while, and then a uh, guy asked me if I wanted to do a mixed fight. Nick one kick, Longgren, actually, the guy got me into kickboxing, got me to do a mixed fight. Do you want to do a mixed fight? I heard you used to be a pretty good wrestler. Do you want to do a mixed fight? I said, sure, why not? So I went out and, and did a mixed fight in Vegas. Turned out to be an open-hand slap fight. It was kind of like, it was supposed to be like a, well, he's going to do a few mixed fights on one card. It's supposed to be striking, full striking on your feet. And when you get to the ground, there was no, there's no striking, just wrestling. Mm-hmm. But then by the time we got to the fight, it was like, okay, you can slap on your feet, kicks and slaps on your feet. And then when you get to the ground, no striking whatsoever. Originally, we were supposed to be able to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I went out and fought, knocked the guy out with a head kick. And then the guy, the guy in the crowd goes, hey, do you want to fight in the UFC? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? That sounds great. And so they offered me a fight in the UFC. So I, I was in a four-man tournament. I was an alternate for a four-man tournament. So I got a thousand dollars to show up. <laughs> Second place was ten thousand. First place was twenty thousand. I'd heard forever, you know, about mixed martial arts and UFC and get. You know, why do you fight in the UFC? You're like, yeah, how do you get in? You know, mm-hmm. stories about ways to get in and tournaments and all this stuff that really didn't exist and I had no idea, but. You know, I finally I did. Some guy saw me fight, and I got into the UFC, and I went to it, and it was it was it was an interesting experience. You know, first time getting out there, back in the old days, you know, you got out there, you flew out the day day of weigh-ins, 
you know, they fly you out to Dave Lance. You're, you know, I was taking, and we connected because it was Louisiana. I think it was. It. <laughs> yeah. So we're flying in, and so I'd start kind of. I I was gonna the weigh-ins had started when I when I landed, so I started cutting weight at at my connection, <laughs> with plastics on, and I started cutting weight. So I'm running around putting cutting weight, and then. Poor, I mean, I, I think back to the poor, poor guys that sat next to me on the plane, <laughs> <laughs> still dripping in my plastics, and then got off and they cut weight. And we went, we went and weighed in, and we went and weighed in, and I'm fighting Noe Hernandez. He steps on, gets off, and it, it's a bathroom scale. Oh, right. <laughs> it, it was it was a bathroom scale, like but not like a digital bathroom scale, like one that had a little a little wheel on it. And so I go, I'm like, really? I, I can't wait for this. And I, got, I got on, I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I made weight, and they go, hey, no, no he's two, two pounds overweight. Is that okay? I'm like, on this scale? Are you kidding? I, I'm a wrestler. Yeah, on this scale, he's fine. Right. right. <laughs> He'll be okay. I'm like, get him back over here. I'll show him how to be on weight. He's got to move around a little bit. I'm like, I, but I, it, was, it was kind of one of those things like, man, I mean, the big I thought I, made, I just thought I made the big time, you know. I'm, I'm going to fight on TV, UFC, and then I got some bathroom scale. Actually, what a funny story with that too is like the first time the video came out, I went over. I went to uh, I think it was a blockbuster video. We went in there and I'm, I saw it on the thing. I had my I made the cover of the video, right? All right. And my first oh, man, look, I'm on a video. I got, got the video, rented the video, took it home, went to watch it. They cut my fight out. I was the first because I was the first fight of the night on pay per view. Uh huh. But for the video, they cut that fight out. Like, so I didn't, I didn't make the video. So I'm on the cover. <laughs> I, did, I did not watch the video. Did not make my fight. Did not make the video. Damn. <laughs> There's so much that you just spoke about there. So, so you used to start your 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 cutting the day of the weigh in. Yeah. Well, I I get my weight to a reasonable amount of water. I, I like I lose my water weight. I, I I didn't like losing more than like ten pounds of water weight. Mm-hmm. I know I made some mistakes. I made mistakes cut weight sometimes. I've done worse, way worse. I did, I think the worst I did was a nineteen and a half in a day. That much of a cut in one day. It was one day. In one day. One day, and I and I had a way. It was a day of weighing too. How do you cut nineteen pounds in one day? All water, a lot of sauna time, and uh, and plastics. But uh, it wasn't easy, and I was I was cramping when I was warming up for that fight. Oh my gosh. So plastics would be kind of like a plastic sweatsuit? Yeah, I think a plastic suit is just it's a plastic. All, and, you know, put your sweats on over it. And it keeps all that heat in and makes you sweat really fast. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, when I, when I got when good, I got good at it by the end of my career. I mean, I, I like liked, uh, cutting like 10 pounds, 8 to 10 pounds a day of. And I do that in like an hour and a half. It, it, be easy in easy work, just kind of warm up in plastics. Wow. Because I was fully hydrated, I can drop a lot of water weight fast. But like and actually the way they do it now, they weigh you in, in the morning, they do a ceremonial weigh in later. Because they used to weigh us in at, at three o'clock or four o'clock, whatever the real weigh ins were. The ceremonial weigh ins were the real weigh ins. Right. So you had to wait till then. So and I actually would get up around eleven and start cutting out rest that, that weight and cut the weight off and because I slept in through my whole career. So I, it would have been weird for me to have to get up and cut weight in the morning. Right. You know, cause I actually have to, now you have to get up and wait, make that weight in the morning. I guess I go back to sleep, but it, you know, it messes with your timing. Like I, I always slept during training camp. I go to sleep about two o'clock. I get up about 11. Mm. 
So, you know, I, 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 cause I adjusted my sleeping time. I didn't like, I always felt like I'm performing at nine o'clock at night. If, if I'm going to bed, normally going to bed at nine o'clock at night, I, my body's getting ready to go to sleep. Right, right, right. I, I like, I like extended that to, you know, I had my last workout about eight thirty uh, at night and then I go to sleep about two. Mm. I think it'd be really weird. It would have been weird for me to be, now I got to break my, I'd have to go sleep early because I got to get up early to wake. It'd be a little weird. I don't like messing with my sleep schedule that much. So it would be an interesting change to, I don't know, with the weight cutting. So when you mentioned that, that Hernandez was two pounds over, does that make like, does that make a big difference in a fight? Two pounds? It depends. I mean, at, at, at our weight and we weren't, I mean, he wasn't cutting a lot of weight to get there. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't like, like one of those guys just really cutting weight. I mean, I think at 200 pounds, I don't think that makes a whole big deal difference. Right. I, I don't like when guys don't make weight. I mean, if it's, you know, these guys that miss by five, 10 pounds, they don't, they don't even try. Like, they don't even try. If you're not going to try, tell me. You know, tell me ahead of time. Let's agree on a fight. Now. Let's agree to fight at 205 and 210 or 215, whatever you want to fight at. Yeah, but tell me beforehand, right? Yeah, because that, that that was it was one ninety nine back then. Because it went before they shifted to two hundred five. It was one ninety nine. Let's talk about the first fight that really put you on the map. But before we do, I got all kinds of great ideas for you for Mother's Day. I'm going to help you take care of mom, grandma, your wife, your partner, your auntie, all the special ladies in your life. Here's my great idea: a skylight frame. These things are so amazing. A touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to, and they appear on the frame in seconds. We gave one of these to my dad for Christmas because we haven't been able to see him during the pandemic. It's been almost a year and a half now. So now we just email new pics directly to the frame. My dad sees them almost instantly. We all send him pictures right from our phones. The kids think it's fun, and my dad loves getting all the new pictures from his grandkids. It's been a great way for him to see what the kids have been doing and keeps them easily connected to us. Such an amazing idea. The skylight frame is really simple to use as well. The setup takes less than 60 seconds and you don't need to be a tech genius to figure it out. Lord knows I'm not. It looks like a real photo frame as well. It's got an awesome 10 inch touch screen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent the photo. And if you don't love your skylight, they'll give you a full refund, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You can preload the skylight with photos before you give it to mom or grandma for Mother's Day. And then you can surprise them all year by emailing new photos directly to the skylight anytime, anywhere. And right now you can get 10 bucks off your powder chest of a skylight frame. When you go to skylightframe.com, use the promo code Jericho. Just go to skylightframe.com, use my promo code Jericho and get 10 bucks off the purchase of a skylight frame. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E skylightframe.com use the promo code jericho and get ten dollars off today so who was kind of your first your first fight that put you on the map because chuck liddell like we mentioned legendary career one of the main event marquee names for usc so was it kevin randleman or was it bustamante like what was the fight that kind of put you on the map as a big as a big name for that it was i, I knocked out kevin randleman and guy Metzger in three weeks ah wow I, not, I knocked out Kevin Randleman when I was a big surprise. I think it was a, I was a huge underdog. He's coming down from heavyweight champ, moving to 205, going to take over 205. Right. And then I knocked him out in the first round. It was a minute 18. So that was like big shock to everybody. Whoa, 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 who is this guy? And then when I went to went to Pride and I fought Guy Metzger, who was a really tough, tough fighter. Well, then I fought him and I knocked him out. 
Everyone's like, oh, hey, man, man, this guy's for real. It's funny, actually, Evan Randleman came up to me after that on the way back. He was, in, he was, he was out there, and we, we were going back, back to the – going back to the airport and he's like, man, you know, I was really bummed out about getting knocked out by you, but, and you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you. <laughs> Just sideways compliment. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. How were you able to fight in pride when you were also fighting in UFC? Cause you mentioned there was a rivalry between the two. Oh yeah. Well, it was a, Different thing they did it like a it was like a three way negotiation right after I knocked out Kevin Realm in a minute eighteen. Pride needed someone for that fight. I Mesker, they asked and and asked the UFC and then they kind of we did a three way negotiation because I was negotiating my new contract. Mm, gotcha. So it's like a, I had a I had a two tier contract with the UFC. So they were they're basically paying me to go over there. So they paid me twice when I got paid. So they got paid twice that twice when I got paid to fight Randleman to fight Guy Mesker. They, and they also from there, my, I had two, a two chair contract. If I beat Guy Mesker and went this way, if I lost and I come back, I still, had, I'm still on contract with them, but I would be at a different path. Sideways, right? Yeah. So it worked out. Way. And then, you know, I went out there, I won. I always bet on myself. So mm. went out there, won, and it, and it worked out good for me. Now, that's a pretty quick turnaround to have two fights in three weeks, right? That usually is not the case. Yeah, I know you're not the case, but like for me, like if you're healthy and you're like, it was almost like I, I was, I, I was healthy coming out of the fight. I didn't get hurt at all. It was just, it, all I had to do is I took a week off and, and took a, basically took a really light week and then put in my trip, like a, put in a game plan mm-hmm. and uh, it was off to go fight again and get paid again. So it was, I was like getting paid twice for one camp. So, so when you're talking about now, you're you're kind of a big draw. And you had so many classic fights. I mean, you know, you can kind of go through the list with with Ortiz and Overeem and Jackson and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who were some of those the guys that 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 were your your best rivals, shall we say? Well, obviously, the biggest one was always was always Tito. You know, he was dodging me and that thing back and forth, and he was always trash talking, always saying so. He was saying saying something stupid. Yeah, he brought me. He brought me up whenever he fought. Like I, I wasn't even fighting him. He bring me up. <laughs> but I, yeah, the biggest, biggest one was Couture. I mean, that was that was a big one for me. You know, he's a really tough fighter. I, you know, and I have a lot of respect for him as a fighter. And, and uh, we coached the first season Ultimate Fighter together. You know, that that was a big deal. I think the Ultimate Fighter obviously launched us into you know the popularity we are. I mean, I was that this sport would get there. But I mean, we that that's really what launched us into being mainstream really quick. Why do you feel the Ultimate Fighter did that? You know, I think it, it got people able, were able one able to try it out, try it out for free. You know, they didn't have to pay to watch it, and it became like, and and then you get to see, learn how there were fighters, learn learn people's personalities, you get you know, associated with people, you know people, you you can, you start rooting for people because kind of get get to see who they are and and see see who they. How much work they put into it, and then, and then you know, it didn't it didn't hurt that we had the Forrest and uh, Bonner fight. It was an amazing fight. I mean, that was just amazing back and forth, tough. You know, kind of showed all the different elements of, of MMA, and it, it was we couldn't ask for a better fight than that in that show. Yeah, it was just one of the all time classics, right? Right. You know, there was a lot of a lot of things fell into place, and and it, you know, for me, I, you know, then I went out the next next week and. Got to fight Randy again and get knocked him out the way I like to, you know, and win that fight in a, in a quick, impressive fashion. So that, that really uh, 
launched everything. Did you notice like were people recognize you recognizing you on the street and kind of were you noticing that you're kind of breaking through to the mainstream, so to speak? Oh yeah, it was it was night and day for after the, we did that show. It was night and day. I mean, it was like it went from me being able to look through a, a mall and go, "Okay, that guy probably knows who I am with the tap out shirt on," and that guy yeah, probably yeah. knows who I am. Right, that guy over there. People walking by, I got no like fifty year old lady. Hey, great fight the other night. Like, <laughs> just random people just walking. Hey, can I can I get a picture? Hey, can I, you know, so. Yeah, it went in that fast just from doing that show, you know, and then winning the title, uh, you know, it just exploded. You know, you mentioned that that you thought that UFC would always get that big. But why did you feel that? Because like we said at the beginning, it was kind of painted with a barbaric brush and, and you know, you couldn't get sanctioned and all this sort of thing. What what, what about it made you think it would get breakthrough to the mainstream? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a great sport. I think it's an amazing sport. Um, if you like combat sports, you got to love it. Right. Maybe watch it. I love it. But I think it, it, what it needed was what, you know, Dana and the Fertitas did. They went in, they, they got it sanctioned. Instead of running from, from place to place where they could hide from being sanctioned, they went out and looked to get it sanctioned. Like, we need to get this sanctioned and get it approved in, in these states. And they were able to, they were able to do that. And here, that's where we are today. When you talk about Ortiz and you said he, he, he kind of had a little bit of a, I don't know, shall we say like a, like an Ali type thing to him where he, he would say a lot of trash talking and all that sort of thing. But that, that's just promoting the fight, right? Like that kind of adds more drama and mystique to it. Well, with him, he was more, he would do it more in a, he, I, I always thought like it was always more of a personal thing and that it was always, you know, he he, seemed, he had that attitude outside the ring and outside when you're never, you have guys that'll do that. And, you know, had guys go, Hey man, and they'll talk trash right before they come in the back room, in the back room. They're like, you know, Hey, what's up, man? Go right, right, right. Hey, how you doing, Chuck? Hey man, set it up for you. If you want to fight, you know, go ahead go back out. You know, guys like that, you know, it's great. You know, it's, it, it's cool. Like, I don't care. Like I, you know, I don't like, I, I'm not a big one for big trash talking flash guys. I get it. You know, Guys like Conor McGregor, man, he he does a great job getting in guys' heads. Mm-hmm. I always say that the Aldo fight, like when he fought Aldo, he won that fight in the trash talking. Right. He got he got in Aldo's head. Aldo, I've never seen Aldo run across the ring and, and attack someone like that. Ran across the ring, attack, attack someone like that. Aldo's a guy that feels you out, kind of beat beats you up, out and then out, f- figures you out, and then then destroys you. You know, picks you apart, destroys you, stays back, boom. And I thought maybe he could beat him with those leg kicks. I thought maybe that might be a way to beat him. But, uh, you know, when he ran across the ring and just got, he, he ran out trying to try, trying to kill him and got <laughs> caught. You know? so, but, but, you know, and, and I get that. And, and that's, and those guys are, when you, but when you talk to him out of the ring, they, they have a little more clap. You know, you know, it was always, uh, you know, it was always kind of a, and like, you know, stuff, he said stuff, weird stuff, but, you know, like, once he said something about, I don't date white trash bitches like Chuck on, on a radio interview in San Diego. He wasn't even fighting me. I'm like, what, what are you talking about, man? You don't, know, you don't know my girlfriend. Mm. You don't know who I'm dating. You don't know why you were your mouth off like that. And we actually had a conversation about that later because people asked me to squash it at a club. My, it was him and his group, my group, they were getting a little heated. So asked me to squash it with him. So I had to talk to him. I actually went up to him and said, look, man. First off, my girlfriend, apologize. Second, you ever talk about my family and friends in a radio interview again? I swear to God, I'll come to your house and beat you in the living room. You know, you got that? So, oh, sorry, man, I wasn't talking about her. 
you know, whatever. You know, he's just kind of a knucklehead. I mean, I, 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 I wish the funny thing is everyone thinks I hate him. I, I mean, I like, I, I don't hate the guy. I, I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. I hear he's a great, great dad to his kids. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's doing his thing, man. But, I mean, I don't, I don't like the guy. I don't, but anyway, but it, it just really doesn't matter. But I, I just don't, I, I don't hate him. I mean, I don't, I wish him you know, well. I hope he, I hope he does great. I hope his family's great. So, so you mentioned that that Aldo got it in his head with McGregor. How do you keep that from getting into your head when you're getting ready for a fight? Not liking someone or fighting someone I don't like. It helps for motivation for training, makes it easier to get up every day and train hard and do all that thing. But, but like for a fight, I, I'm, I, I think uh, emotion clouds judgment. So I, when I fight, I don't, I don't fight with emotion. I'm not trying, I'm not angry at you. I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm trying to, I mean, I, I am trying to end you. I'm trying to hurt you. We're fighting, mm-hmm. but when it's over, I hope you're all right. You know, so I, I am out there trying to hurt you, but I'm, I'm trying to be in a very calculated way. I'm trying to set you up and trying to figure out how to figure out how to hurt you. Well, the boxing is like that. You know, it's such a chess game and waiting for, you know, the guy to make a move. And you mentioned kickboxing, you mentioned wrestling. Are you doing the same? Are you waiting for someone to make a move? Are you watching their body, their eyes, their head? How did you do it? Well, you're watching everything and you're trying to, like, you try to, I'll throw things and see how they react to this. We react to that the same. Okay, I throw it again. Do they react to it the same way? Okay, now I'll throw something almost like that and then throw something different. You know, it's like used to throw, you know, kickboxing. I did, I, I, it kicked KOs in kickboxing. Wow. And they're all throwing me, kicking the legs, kicking the leg, and then I fake the leg and come up and I throw it almost like that, you know, with a little, okay, a little kick, round kick up and a catch, catch by the head, bang. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but it was just that fake, you know, it's, it's, but I, I'm always saying, throwing things out. It's almost like a ball team that has like set place. So I can figure out your defense. Then, you know, I guess there's things I, I play with to see what, okay, how's he react to this? Right. Okay. How's he react to that? Okay. Now I try to make it look like that and land something else. Yeah. If I can get you, if, okay, he reacts. When I do this, he reacts to that. Okay, boom, this hit. He'll be there next time. So kind of just changing things up. Gotcha. It's a lot of different things. Or just like, I, I know you throw certain things that we've seen in the film. Like, okay, when I do this, he'll do, he'll back up and do this. So I just throw, I'll just set up a combination for that. Mm. Uh, I think that one when I kicked Babu in the face, we worked on that because we, we, he did this big thing when he, when he, when he come in, throw a punch up top, throw a punch, he threw him like this and shoots. Mm-hmm. So, we, we, so I just started, I boom, boom, boom. And keep, yeah, keep coming up, caught him right in the face. And that's it. And that was it. Yeah, I was over. But yeah, but it, we actually put that in for that for that game plan, that for that camp. We we put that combination in. We'd set it up from that was watching film. So you watch a lot of film then and kind of get a sense of what a guy's habits are. Yeah, yeah, and then that's what, that's kind of where you set up where ahead of time you're setting up what where his habits are, right? You see what his normal reactions are to other people. People react to different different styles and different things. So now you go out and see. Okay, is he going to react that way to me too? Okay. You can pry it right away. Boom, boom. Okay, yes, there it is. Ting, ting. It's really quick. Mm-hmm. And just different playing with different ways of playing, feeling guys out different ways. Gotcha. Like the more more information you have going in, easier it is to because then you can you don't have to start for, with nothing. If you go fight a guy you've never seen before, you know, first time now now you got to really kind of feel him out and play him out a little bit. But if you've seen him a bunch before, then then you can kind of start you start ahead of the game. Let's talk about some of your most famous fights, like with Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz. But before we do that, I got one more awesome idea for Mother's Day. It's almost here. You don't want to be mad scrambling at the last minute without a present. 
So my friend Steven Singer and I have your back. Just get that special someone Steven Singer's gold dip rose in the brand new sunshine yellow color. The new sunshine rose is a brilliant shade of yellow that dazzles with sparkles. And Steven's roses are real roses dipped and trimmed in 24 karat gold. It lasts a lifetime. Now, Steven has always been in the love business. And this past year, we have seen just how important love really is. All you need is love. The Beatles once said, and it's true. And in addition to brightening your loved one's day, Stephen wants to put a little sunshine in everyone's day. So he's continuing to use a portion of each rose sold to support local restaurants by catering meals for all of the incredible nurses, doctors, first responders, and hospital heroes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Send a sunshine gold dip rose today. Order now and get free shipping and have it arrive in time for Mother's Day. It's a win-win-win. You'll give sunshine that lasts a lifetime to a loved one. You'll be supporting local restaurants and thanking essential workers. It doesn't get uh, any better than that. Talk about a triple whammy. All of Steven Singer's roses come with a lifetime guarantee, a free personalized gift message, and fast and free shipping in time for Mother's Day. So order now at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Let's talk about some of your uh, most famous fights. I I was kind of looking through some of them and, and, and pulled some of my favorites out and just kind of get your, your, your thoughts on a few of them. I mean, maybe one of the greatest fights in UFC history is from 79 versus, uh, versus Wanderlei Silva. Do you feel that's one of the greatest fights uh, in the history of UFC? I mean, kind of critically acclaimed is as being. I, I think, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that was so anticipated and so waited for for so long. Yeah. And I really think, you know, because they, they didn't have the five round, it, that should have been a five round fight. I mean, I wish, I, and I wish back then they weren't allowed to. It was just the title fights for, for five rounds. So what was it? Just three rounds, or it was just three rounds. So I think now nowadays it would have been a five round because it was semi main event, and that they would have made it a five round or two. And I think both of us would like another another two rounds. I mean, we're both still we're going at it. We're still still ready to go. You know, it, it was a it was a great fight, and uh, I wish it happened a few years before that when it should have. When we we're both holding titles, that's when it really should have happened back. Both champions, and uh, you know, he was a pride champion. I was UFC champion, and it would have been. And they talked. There was a little talk about them putting this together back then, and I, I, I think that would have been would have been would have been better. But it, it was it was great to finally get that fight in. You know, that was like the one fight that you know had eluded me that I wanted for my whole career. So why uh, why did that fight not happen back when he was in pride? Just political reasons. Yeah, just because the, the two two companies weren't they, they didn't they didn't inter, intermix too often. How about uh, Couture two, Liddell Couture two? I think that was after um, you guys. That was right after that was one right after Ultimate Fighter. That was uh, you know I just won the show. My by my team just won the show, and then I got to go out there and, and beat him. And I think I think it was a it was first time. Uh, like I had a pay per view um, bonus after after. Uh, I hit a threshold. It was the first time we hit the pay-per-view bonus threshold where I got pay-per-view bonus on that fight too. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty awesome. And and was he one of your that you mentioned before? What was it about Couture that made him one of your kind of favorite rivals? He was a great fighter. Came came down from a heavyweight champ, you know, and and beat me in that first fight. And you know, I knew I could beat him. I knew I knew what I needed to do. And I I got the I got finally got that another shot at him, and I got to go out there and beat him and not. And I, you know, he he fought some really tough heavyweight fighters that were great knockout guys and hadn't been knocked out. I was the first guy to knock him out, and so that was uh, 
I, I mean, I think that that was just. I mean, everyone ever asked me what my favorite fight was. If I had to pick one, that that was that would have to be it. Because I, you know, I finally got. I thought, well, I finally got the title. I got the Avenger loss, and I was beat up at that loss. I was so, I was devastated by that loss. Not not because I lost to Randy, but because they let Tito off the hook. It was it made him not. He was he was maybe not going to have to fight me now. You know, he'd been dodging me and and and, and he, now he wasn't going to wasn't going to have to fight me. And I, I was really bummed about that. So that was one of those things that you know, having uh, Randy, uh, you know, get, get that get that shot shot back. At that title. What do you feel your best fight with Tito was? Well, I, the first one was was my my, my favorite. I got <laughs> to go out there and and beat him up. You knocked him out, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, I knocked him out sh- shortly after the second round. And you know, I had a t- torn MCL in that fight too. Um, I, if you watch that, go back and watch the fight. At the end of the first round, I throw a kick at his head. I'm at, got him against the cage. I throw a kick at his head, and they, you know, see it. But I'm walking back to the corner. I'm saying, okay, don't let. Him. Don't let, don't let him see. I don't, don't get, I don't want to give him any confidence. I want to like feel it because I, I, it was like uh, I hit, hit it wrong. It would like seize up kind of like I, I would have a hard time walk, walking a little bit. So I was like, okay, don't limp. Concentrate. Don't limp. Don't limp. Don't limp. Get back to the corner. Not kicking again. Done kicking. That's enough kicking. Then uh, part of the next round, shortly after the next round started, I knocked him out. So I threw like, uh, I threw like, but I count 23 punches in like seven seconds, last seven seconds that round. I landed probably most of them. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that though, like when you're talking about don't, you know, in, in wrestling, we call it sell it. Like don't sell the leg. Don't let them know that your leg is hurt. Do you have to do or did you have to do that quite often in your fights to kind of mask an injury so they don't go after it? Well, I, not, not, not that often, but every once in a while, we always went in with some kind of neck or neck, you know, the little, I mean, training, training for fights is hard. You know, get training camps harder than the fights most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I fought a couple of times to tore MCOs. Um, but I, I really, with injuries, I was really pretty lucky. I, I for, for my career and all, all the time I've spent, you know, doing wrestling and football and and fighting, I think all in all, I've, I, I, got, I got through it with, with a pretty uh, healthy you know, and, and didn't have any major injuries, caused me major problems. It's hard. Like you, you, you retired in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Right. So, but and then you came back for the fight once again with Tito in 18. Was it was it hard to come back eight years later and get back into that mindset of Chuck Liddell, the legendary killer? It wasn't hard to get back in the mindset. I mean, I, I love being back in the gym, back training, back doing it. I love that. But you know, just getting everything back and. You know, I, I really didn't realize, realize I needed uh, I needed neck surgery before the fight. I, you know, I did I didn't know I had I, I my my it's like had worn out like the disc right so slipping so it's tapping so I I lost balance my my equilibrium when I closed my eyes right so I mean I, I'm balancing with my I use my eyes to cheat and balance so I couldn't stand on one foot my eyes was oh wow because afterwards I went to get some stem cell stuff in in my shoulders. Down in uh, a bioaccelerator down in uh, in Columbia, and, and they uh, they helped me out. They got I got both my shoulders, which was great. I mean, I I used to not be like I got to a point where I couldn't take my jacket off. I had asked my wife to take my jacket off for me. Um, but now I now I'm back to normal. It's, it was really great for that. But then I, I had them do um, stem cells in my neck, like middle of my back, because that was hurting a little bit. And then I did my knee. 
and they they did a MRI before they did it on my neck, mm-hmm. on my back, and my neck, and they're like, um, "Have you had the MRI? Have you had someone look at this? Because you probably get someone to look at this when you get home. Because I uh, probably need something done." I'm like, no, "I'm fine." Because they asked me, "Are you having any problems with your balance and coordination?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> like, okay, well, maybe you check out. So I waited about a month and a half after I got home. My wife finally goes, "Chuck." Um, you're having problems with balance and coordination a little bit. You're, you know, you, you should go get this check. So I went and got an MRI. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But whatever. I'm gonna go to get an MRI with. Uh, so I went to get an MRI. Had my my doc look at it, and he's like, "So you're having problems with the balance and coordination?" I'm like, "Why do people keep saying this? I'm pro- I'm fine. I'm good. I just fought. I'm I'm fine." And they're like, "He's like, well, really, do me a favor. Go stand on the other side of the room. Uh, now, close your eyes and walk me heel toe." And I like try to take one step. I'm like, oh wow! Like, whoa! Kind of try it again. Couldn't do it. He's like, come, okay, now come over, stand on one foot, and yeah, not touching. I was okay. Now close your eyes and do it. Like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh damn. Okay. So what do we do? And like, and then they had uh, they, well, basically got around. They that fused my neck, but it's it's better now. Like, and I, they said that's it's fine. It's just one level fusion with it, but. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. I mean, I was, I did walking out a lot, like after the surgery, I walking out, I wasn't the best line I walked, but I could walk a line with my eyes closed. It was pretty good. So, so you never even, never even realized it until they pointed it out to you, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it. And I'm like, well, you know, you just kind of feel like, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was going back to training. I feel like, well, I'm coming back after eight years. I'm maybe I'm, mm-hmm. I've lost a step here and there. And maybe that's, why this isn't working exactly like it used to, and, you know, but it's all right. I'm, I'm doing good. I, I thought I got in great shape and I was ready to go for the fight. And, you know, it's what it is. Let's talk about what made you step back uh, from the sport in 2010. And we'll do that, Chuck, after I say thank you to Geico. I know all you guys listening either own or rent your own homes for the most part. And I know it's hard work, but you know what's easy work is bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy, which is a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. G-E-I-C-O, Geico.com. Go do it now. What made you step back uh, from the sport in 2010? Well, you know, the thing was is people, you know, everybody was telling me, they always had reasons why you can't, you don't have the chin you used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, used to be able to hit me out of the brick and I see it keep coming out. You know, and I started it. And my last fight that I, when I lost to Rich Franklin, you know, Rich Franklin is this guy that should be able, isn't a guy that should be able to knock me out with one punch. He's a guy that can knock you out with a couple of them mm-hmm. and, you know, put something together and knock you out. But um, him not catching me, and I, I think I might have knocked myself out a little bit with that headbutt too, but. Right. But it's still, I wasn't able to take a punch like I used to. And, and I had a lot of people give me reasons why, but not tell me how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if enough, I can't compete at that level. I didn't want to, at the top level, or trying to prove that I was, really what I was trying to prove is that I was the best where I do. And so I can't compete at that, compete at that level. I was kind of, you know, I, was, I was ready to be done. So, you know, then I came back, you know, and I thought, well, maybe with all that time off, maybe my, my brain healed and maybe, but, uh, Maybe this stuff will make it easier. I can still take a better punch. But obviously not. So <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So 
do you have any uh, nagging injuries now from your time fighting? Because you had a, like so many wars in in that octagon. Well, I mean, I, I had a partial knee replacement. I had the an excuse, but other than that, I mean, and my shoulders are beat up. You know, they said, but that nothing I need surgery on. I mean, they they stem cells really helped that out. Actually, I'm really it's one of those things. I'm for that for that injury, it, it worked great. You know, they did a great job, um, but. Uh, yeah, for my, but I can still do everything pretty much. For what I put my body through, I'm pretty. I feel pretty, pretty blessed. I know a lot of guys that have gotten the stem cell treatment. That seems to be a really kind of a a, a big healing element in in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's really hard to say what it what it. I don't know what it helps for and what it doesn't exactly. I'm not sure exactly, but but for my shoulders, I it was night and day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't put like I, I couldn't put my suitcase up in a in a overhead thing in a plane. I mean, because it had gotten to that point with my, my shoulders. I'm like, you know, I, and I had problems with my shoulders all through. I mean, I used to, I remember before Randall and I, I'm like, I mean, I think I shot this one up three times, this one up twice, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, before fights. But actually, that was actually before, um, that was all before the Ultimate Fighter. And then Ultimate Fighter, I think I went and got checked and they looked at both my knees and talked about me getting surgery because I was having issues with inside my knees. I told my MCL three times on one side and twice on the other. Mm-hmm. So I had problems with with my, my knees and that they were tight. I went into the, the Curlin Job and they, I, they actually I went into the doctor in Vegas and he said, oh, I think you need surgery on both knees to get rid of fixed. And I went into the guy Curlin Job and, and uh, they, he, but he sent me there to go get a second opinion. And they said, well, normal five years ago we would have done surgery on both, but now we found that surgery, you know, it's 50-50 whether it does anything better. So do me a favor and go home and ice after every workout and before you go to bed and tell me if it does any better. They start doing any better. And they started doing a lot better. So I thought, well, you know what? I have that problem with my shoulders when whenever I it ramp up for a fight, did they get sore by the end of it where I have to shoot them up? Mm-hmm. Maybe if I ice them every day and once before I go to bed, um, they'll get better. So I started doing ice baths, something like that. Oh wow! I do. I be. I, I do two a day. I do one, one after afternoon training, and then one before I went to bed. And I didn't. Sh- I didn't shoot my shoulders up again for uh, all the way to. It was from 2004 to 2010. I didn't. I, I never had to shoot them up again. And my knees worked better. I started kicking again, more a lot more. So I mean, that ice icing after every workout. Really helps. Makes a big difference, right? I and I love I love ice baths. I mean, I don't. <laughs> never, now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not not a masochist. I, I do not like them for. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 it sucks. It still sucks every time I get in one. But but uh, they saved my, my my career for for extended it for a long time. Wow! So an ice bath can do that for you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're doing it every day. It helps helps with all the little injuries, and I think it, it for me it helps. This this is like a wear like a you know, there's a lot of volume. My shoulders should be a lot of volume. They started getting hurt real bad. So keeping that volume down, so it doesn't keep getting swollen more and more. So how long do you stay in the ice bath for? Well, I, I, I used to do 20 minutes all the time. Now that they say, I mean, I don't think you need to do that. I mean, I think 10 minutes is fine. <laughs> like I, I, but I was like, I, I got 20 minutes in my head for a long time, and I just did 20 minutes. And part of it was just kind of. You, Get in it, and every twenty minutes sucked, <laughs> right. but uh, yeah, I it never got any better. I got a nice bath. I did that ultimate expedition show. I did weird. I got in the river, 
34 degrees. Right. Like my ice bath right around 55, <laughs> 58. It was 34 degrees. And I told him, oh, I'm going to do 10 minutes. And I'm like, when I got in there, I'm like, man, did I just tell him on camera I'm going to do 10 minutes? Damn it. I guess I'm going to do 10 minutes. This is cold. In Canada, they call that the Polar Bear Club. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was cool, though. I mean, it made, made me feel better that day. <laughs> what was your relationship uh, with, with Dana White, and how did you enjoy working for him with him? Dana was my manager. He came in and that before they bought the UFC. He was my manager. Oh, wow. Actually, he managed me and Tito at that same time. So we, uh, we had a friend, mutual friend that uh, uh, introduced us uh, to him. And, and, you know, Dana was the guy who went out and was trying to get, you know, other sponsors, like in the other or other publications and stuff. He was trying to get us in something other than Black Belt Magazine. Or not that there's anything wrong with Black Belt Magazine. I was really stoked to be in Black Belt Magazine because I grew up reading Black Belt Magazine. So, I, <laughs> so did that I. was cool for me. So. But like, but getting crossover stuff, like he was really into getting it. And I did a lot of a lot of th- a lot of things I've done over over my career, and which helped me extend my career past the UFC has been the crossover stuff I did trying to promote our sport. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a lot of stuff, like even like Dancing with the Stars. I think you did that Dancing with the Stars too. Right? We we are a Dance with the Stars alumni. How'd, how'd you like that? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that you used to tell your body what to do, and it just does it. Mm-hmm. And it was dancing and physical Christ not quite the same. <laughs> right. It's like my natural reaction, like to get I get behind on steps is to get in a, an athletic position and get there. Right. Well, once I once I get out of that standing straight up position and I start bending over and get getting there fast, now she's gotta travel three times the distance to get to where she's gotta be. Uh, you know, so I'd mess mess her up. I think in a later show she actually said she called me on the she texted me apply, Hey, I'm sorry, I just called you a said you like a Sherman tank. Like I like I don't really consider that a. Yeah, it's not really a cut down. That's okay with me. I'll, I'll take that. Um, but uh, but she's like, because she was saying, you know, she can't back lead us. Like like guy like you have probably the same problem. Your dancer can't back lead you. You go the wrong way. She got to go. I mean, at my size, like with a little dance, she can't just pull me back into my spot. You know, so, so she was like, I can't like with the guy. And she that's what she basically said. She said that. He's like, uh, I'm out there. If he goes the wrong way, we have to go that way because he's like a Sherman tank. Like I can't, I can't just move. Who Who is your partner? Anna Trevin Scott. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. To me, to me, the thing that got me was just how much time you have to put into it to really get to some semblance of decency. Like you have to be in there eight hours a day, seven hours a day, like six, seven days a week. Oh yeah, I was in there. I, I think she was getting tired of me. I mean, I was uh, <laughs> like trying, just trying to get. It. Get moves down, you know. It's, it's not easy. And then, you know, I like it was one of those things. Like as soon as I get something down, she adds something to it. Mm-hmm. I go now. Now I need your facial expression to be better. Now I need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it takes a lot of guts to do that, though, man. Yeah, but yeah, but I and people ask me. I thought, what what other show like is not our demographic? You know, that's definitely not our demographic. And you know, it's a, cro- a good, great crossover for us for a, as a fighter, like. Bring people into you know seeing that we're trying to back then you know a lot of people was the thing was we really like a we're still people thinking we're like a bunch of Neanderthals yeah. so they would get those people seeing we're a regular person you know we're still a normal person I'm a father a guy kids um you know it's like it's, it's a cool it was a cool experience and talk about people knowing who you are I mean that that show was a completely different level of 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 fan base for sure 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's when people come up, hey, you're the you're the guy from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, I was a world champion too, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never had so many fifty year old ladies in the grocery store uh, ask me for my autograph until I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you still an ambassador of UFC? Is that kind of one of the roles that you that you put yourself into in this day and age? Always, I'm a. I'm an ambassador of mixed martial arts. I mean, I, I love mixed martial arts. And UFC has been great to me. I'm always good, good with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the NFL mixed martial arts. You know, it's, it's where, where the big, big boys play. So it's always going to be – and they're always going to be the, uh, some great great fighters and great fights at, at UFC. So they've been, they've been putting together some great cards lately too. So they're awesome. Who uh, who are your favorites to watch these days? Adam Saya, I, I like that kid. You know, he's a kid that I, you know, I really didn't like his attitude before I met him. I met him in a, I was in Saudi Arabia with him for a few days. I really, really liked him. Like, he's a good, good kid. You know, he's one of those guys, you know, very outspoken and gets a little, but he's, he's a good kid. I like him. Um, who, who else is the big, big name right now that I like to watch? Um, well, I mean, the big, the big matches come up is Masvidal and, you know, he's got a lot of steam right now. He's kind of a big draw. I always like Maswell. Maswell's a great, you know, he, he, just, just his attitude. I, all those guys like that. Uh, and I love to see Glover. Glover Tech Sarah's my, my boy. He's doing, he's doing really good. I think he's getting a, get a shot at the title again. And that would be great. I hope he pulls that one off. He's a, he's a stud. And he's just, his attitude about fighting, he's just a, he, he's a good dude. Do you notice a lot of difference in techniques in the 2021 from when you were fighting back in 2010 and earlier? I mean, there's, everyone keeps the sports keeps evolving. Guys get better at mixing it together. I think the biggest part of it is they're getting better at mixing it stuff together and being able, being more well rounded and being being less, you know, uh, one one dimensional. So it's always been that that you had to get more and more. But I think as we as we go, people get more and more. I think still you see some people that, that don't mix, for they go from wrestling to jujitsu to striking. Like sometimes they get stuck in one, you know, they over, get overstuck in one. Like I used to get some of my guys, their kickboxing guy, right? He'd go in, the guy shoot on him, he'd sprawl and, and fight it, fight it off, and then he body lock the guy. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you body locking him? Like, you don't even know what to do with a body lock. <laughs> you know, push off and, and push off and start hitting him again. Stop right. wrestling. Or like I even brought you even drop the single. I'm what do you you don't know what you don't know how to finish a single. <laughs> Why are you grabbing his leg? <laughs> you don't know what to do with that. Why are you there? And one of the big things is you know, most of the guys nowadays are coming in, they started fighting mixed martial arts. Right. When I start, when we started the sport, you know, everybody usually came from one dis- discipline, either striking discipline, or wrestling, or a, or a ground, and had to learn the other two. And like I think one of the advantages I had in the beginning was I came from kickboxing and wrestling. Mm-hmm. I had to jitsu, so you know I was able to to mix things together a little faster because I I, I had two of the elements, and one of them was the wrestling that I was, I was good defense, and I was a really good defensive wrestler. I, falling and and so i was able to stay on my feet and use the rest in the strike right 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 last few questions for you chuck uh what is your your favorite knockout that you ever gave and what's the worst knockout that you ever took you know the worst i'll start with the worst knockout i ever took that's the hardest one to say because i mean you go back and look at them yeah you know and you go back and look at them and you're like okay that one looked really bad (laughs) right that one i ended up real bad but 
you don't remember any of them. You know, when you get knocked out, you, you, you lose a little bit of time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really don't actually remember getting knocked out. So I remember guys that hit hard, you know, that they hit hard that did knock me out. I remember getting my, I mean, uh, Vanderlei broke my belt once, one of the times. I'm being, okay, hey, okay, here we are. We're, we're here. <laughs> we're in there. And I, he can hit, man. My favorite knockout, I mean, it, like I said, it, go, it goes back to a guy Metzger knockout was pretty, pretty vicious. Um, like in IFC, I had, a, had one, Steve Heath. Like I, that one, I actually had the one, the one I had the day of land. I did, there's a head kick knockout. Man. That one was pretty vicious. He was, he, he was, I didn't, I was worried. I was actually, we were on Santa in the car worried. I, both those, those two, I was worried about the guys getting up. They didn't, they took a long, they, they didn't move long enough where I was like, oh, oh wow. Well, man, you're right. But they're, they're, they're both fine. But, you know, if I have to pick one, it still goes back to that first, the second Randy fight where I knocked Randy out. You know, and then the, after that, the second Randy fight where I knocked him out again and proven it wasn't a fluke. He's like, like, he beat me the first time and I knocked him out pretty quick in the first, in the second time. And a lot of people were saying, oh, it was a fluke. He just got lucky. And so doing, doing it again in the second one, I'm not sure which one of those is, is my favorite, but it's one of those two. Last question for you. What's the fight you're most proud of? Yeah, I, I think I come, it comes back to the, the Randy. The, you know, I was knocking him out and winning the title I've been after for so long. You know, I mean, it was fun to knock Tito out and show everybody I could do that I do what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we used to train together, and I the way – he could do nothing to me in training. He couldn't beat me in a straight wrestling match in training. He just happens to be the style of wrestler. I was matched up perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he's my favorite style of wrestler. He's a bully, muscling type of wrestler, and you're not going to muscle me, not in my way. Right. So, but yeah, it, it has to be that. That that that's the one that I most most I'm most proud of. I mean, I, mean, I, I had some some great ones. I've had so many great fights. I mean, so many great experiences. You know, going through coming up. I mean, I thirty minutes straight in Brazil. My second mixed martial arts, real mixed martial arts fight. I was thirty minutes straight in Brazil, bare knuckle. Wow. One one round, 30 minutes. It was interesting. I would go back and look at it. There's like a net going from the bottom rope to the side. Uh-huh. And I ended up with the guy stuck underneath the net. Oh. And I'm punching him through the net. <laughs> you guys like in a, stuck in a net and getting hit in the face yeah. through the net. <laughs> back in the early days, you wouldn't get that anymore. Uh, that was like the crazy days. Yeah. Well, Chuck, it's been great talking to you, man. Like I said, you've had a legendary career both in and out of the octagon and uh, look forward to hearing your podcast. It was great to, to get a chance to chat with you, man. Yeah, great talking to you, man. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Take it easy, bro. 